Adam Lopez, man. Welcome, bro. Hey, man. Sorry about uh, being late. Just finished the cryotherapy session. Dude, you're all good, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show and for a wonderful, amazing fight the other night on ESPN. How you feeling, dude? I'm a bit sore, but uh, I'm doing good. That was one hell of a fight. Congratulations. Um, And also, again, thank you for being one of the pioneers that are coming back to the sports world. What's that like getting back, uh, you know, during this coronavirus? Um, you know, it's a little weird, but um, it's a good feeling bringing boxing back and bringing it back the right way. Absolutely, man. You guys certainly brought it back the right way. Uh, that was a <laughs> banger of a fight the other night, man. Um, one thing I take away from that fight is your usage of the jab. Can you tell me about your jab? Where did you learn how to throw such a jab double and triple fashion? Um, I believe I always had a, a, a good jab. Um, but I think once I started training with Buddy McGirt, he showed me how to have the correct confidence behind it and how it can control the whole fight, and that's what I showed in the fight. I think that's what won me the fight. I think it was a very close fight, and I think the jab is what controlled the the middle rounds and, and won some of the close rounds. I could not agree more. That jab was a standout to me. Also, your body attack, very varied. I like how you go to the uh, right hook, the left hook body, uh, off the jab, too, which is amazing to see, especially nowadays, because that's an old-school tactic. And you mentioned Buddy McGirt, of course, you know, famously trained Arturo Gotti and just a great trainer. And so that has a lot of influence on your boxing technique, obviously. Definitely, yeah. Buddy, um, he brings that old-school training to, to our training camps, and um, I soak it all up, and I try my best to, to follow instructions. The footwork was pretty awesome too, man. I like when you spin out and uh, shoot the jab, and then uh, when you, I, I noticed a little maneuver you do. Not to give away your secrets, but when you spin out, you'll do like a double jab, sometimes a triple jab. Shoot the right hand, spin over, like the angles, and that's that's what I love about Buddy's style. Like he actually showed that to uh, Turo in a lot of fights, as we saw Turo develop over time. So, also, I want to talk about, like, your influences. Who are some of your favorite fighters? What got you into boxing, though? Uh, my father got me into boxing. My dad was Hector El Torero Lopez. He was a silver medalist in the 84 Olympics. Uh, growing up uh, with my father, uh, him taking me to the gym, you know, seeing him training and sparring. Uh, as a young kid, I was about two or three. Just I just knew deep down at that young age that this is what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, unfortunately, I didn't get to grow up too much with my dad. And my mom uh, had more say in what happened. And she never really wanted me to box. She put me in every single sport out there, hoping that uh, I fell in love with something else. And um, I kind of did. I I really loved playing football and basketball. But once I got to a certain age, I just knew that um, this is what I was going to do. So, I started pushing it and asking my mom to let me to go to the gym and train, and I just started training, and then since then, I just fell in love with it. That totally explains the athleticism. I was going to ask you if you played other sports before, because I was watching the way you, again, do spin maneuvers and your agility, and you could totally tell that you played other sports before, you know. Yeah. And I, I definitely admire that uh, that footwork that you've done. So let me ask you a question. What's it like fighting without a crowd? Is it, it it's got to be completely different, right? It was kind of weird. Um, walking out, you know, you walking out and um, 
you hear them announce your name and usually either it's booze or they're chewing for you. You know, you, you feel the energy in the stadium. You know, I've been in, I've been in situations where I fight in someone else's hometown and they'll boo me, but whatever it is, you still, you feel the energy and the, it's just the room's alive. You know, when you walking out there, when I walked out there on Thursday, it was silent. It was really weird. I felt like I was walking out, but I was just going to the gym and I was just sparring and, um, it took a minute for me to get in my rhythm and in my groove, but uh, I knew once the shot started flying, fight mode was gonna kick in real quick. But uh, it was definitely a little weird. The buildup wasn't uh, what I was used to, but we got the job done. Yeah, you certainly did. And it's funny you mentioned sparring because you know, to me, when I'm watching it on TV nowadays, it reminds me of when I was around sparring, whether I was involved in the spars myself or just watching sparring. What I do like is that you can hear the punches. You can really hear the corner. And what I want them to do is just mic that ring a little bit more. Because I, I like when you hear that rhythm. You know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've been <laughs> in the long time. When you hear the floorboard, the floorboards on the rhythm of, uh, you know, on, on the ring, you know, it just yeah. it, it, it adds to the intensity. And I think that all the sounds and sensations will help the viewer experience. But you guys didn't need any help at all. Because let me tell you something, man. You guys put on one of the greatest fights I've seen in a long time. It start to finish. And uh, for you against Coria, Coria was like, he reminded me of the cop in Terminator 2. Like, he just kept coming. He just kept That's coming. That's what it felt like, man. I, I felt like I was hitting him hard. I, I heard, I landed some body shots where I heard the wind come out of him. But he just did not care about it. He just wanted to keep coming forward. He did not care how many times I hit him. Uh, my left hand is swollen from how many jabs I hit him with. It, it was it was a crazy fight, and it really tested me. It tested everything I had. Yeah, you definitely showed a lot in that fight, man. So, you know, rest up, heal up. Prior to this fight, you know, we're all dealing with the quarantine and what's going on in the world and everything. What have you been doing to pass your time? You watching movies, listening to music? What, what are you guys doing over there? Um... Yeah, regular training. Uh, yeah, I like watching movies. Sometimes I'll jump on the PlayStation, play some Call of Duty. Um, I got a I got a big German Shepherd, so he takes up a lot of my time as well. Taking him to the park and runs and walks, and you know, just trying to stay busy, trying to stay safe with everything that's going on. But um, yeah, just trying to just keep doing my thing. You watching any uh, TV shows? Um. Let's see. Not nothing. Uh, nothing crazy. Um, I I got into Ozark a little bit. That was a great. I think that was a really great show. Um, I'm trying to think of any new ones that were that uh, hit the scenes that a lot of people got into. Um, that Ozark see. first episode. Oh my goodness. It was a great <laughs> show. That was a great show. <laughs> the first episode of that show, man. Like I I could not. I don't want to spoil it if anyone hadn't seen it yet but wow i was like it, what is it, going you, on it gets you hooked man that show gets you hooked for sure i couldn't believe they went there in some areas <laughs> i was like man you know what about music what kind of music do you like buddy um i like a little bit of tupac i like nipsey hustle um let's see um Kind of a little bit of everything. I'll I jump around sometimes, new school, old school. Uh, a couple of my friends got some music that they that they produce and they, they make, and I, I like listening to their music and support them. 
Um, yeah, like, more like hip hop, R and B type stuff. Yeah, awesome, man. I'm into everything. I'm I'm a musician myself, personally, a drummer, and I like all styles: reggae, jazz, funk, hip hop, rock, metal, all that kind of stuff. You know, okay. especially you mentioned Tupac. I mean, I, I think him and Eminem, the greatest rappers of all time, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's been Tupac, many yeah. great rappers, but those, those guys, I mean, Tupac, when he comes on, something about Tupac, when he comes on, you know, the radio or, you know, he's on the background in my house when I'm cooking or doing something around the house or working <laughs> out, it's like, he comes on and it just, it's very uplifting. There's something he's about got a very powerful voice, very powerful voice. Right, and the beats and everything, he's so far ahead of his time, and I think he's once-in-a-generation type of guy, you know, like... Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's no one that sounds like Tupac, and when he came on the scene, it was just, he blew it up, and it's unfortunate that he went, he left us way too soon, but uh, yeah, what an amazing talent. He was boxing fan, by the way. Yeah, he was, and I know him and Mike Tyson were very close. Yeah. Yo, speaking of Mike, how he looks crazy good lately, doesn't he? He's in good shape, man. Much respect to Mike for, uh, you know, losing that weight, getting in shape, and uh, keeping his mind sharp. I tell you what, man, these guys, Holyfield looking good. It, it's such an inspiration because these are the guys that got me into the fight game, right? So okay. when I see Holyfield and Mike Tyson, you know, in their 50s and whatnot, you know, out there on Twitter or Instagram – Posting videos of working out, I'm like, I ain't got no excuse to be late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true, man. I mean, as much respect to them, you know, at an older age, they can still get up and, and get to it and get to work. It's, it's, a, it's great to see. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going back to boxing, I want to talk about Rachel Charles, who I think is one of the most wonderful people I've ever met on the planet. Mm-hmm. Cheer Management, Lyle Green, uh, the company, you know, that you're, um, you know, managed by, they're just great people. What's your, how did you meet Rachel Charles? Um, so I ran into Rachel, uh, I was an amateur. I think I was about 16 years old. And um, they, <clears throat> the company Cheer Sports sponsored my brother and I. They they got us equipment. They sent us tournaments around the country. Or not around, around the, yeah, around the country. And um, they were interested in signing us. And the coach I had at the time, they wanted to turn us pro. And my coach was like, no, they're too young still. I want to get them a few more amateur fights. So they pushed – my coach kind of pushed them back a little bit. But um, I never really lost contact. You know, in the boxing world, it's a very small community. So, like, I would see them around the gym, some of their fighters. And um, then I finally turned pro. Uh, I was about 20 years old, and I signed with a, a different manager. And uh, like I said, I would still see them around, and they'd see me fight. And, you know, we, we were always good. We were on good terms. And um, then I had a, a kind of a bad falling out with my former manager. He kind of left me high and dry, and uh, I was in need for a manager, like, really bad. I, I didn't have – you know, he stopped paying my rent, stopped taking care of my car, I had no money coming in, and uh, this was right before uh, my previous fight against Oscar Valdez. It was about a month before. So I was in a tight spot, and um, Buddy put the word out to a few managers. He's like, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out these managers, and I'm going to let you talk to them, negotiate, see who you think gives you the best deal. And Sure Sports is one of them. So 
I was talking to them back and forth with different managers. And um, Rachel was honestly one of the, the key players to why I kicked her sports because uh, I just like the way – I like how hard she works and she's good at what she does, you know. And I feel like that's something I've been missing my whole career was someone to get me pressed and to get me interviews and to get my name out there, get me sponsorships. You know, that's, that's the side of the boxing that gets – the fans to know who the fighter is and that's what I've been missing you know I, I I could handle the fighting I could do the training but it's people didn't know who I am you know I took on such early on I took on such hard fights and no one really knew who I was and it, it just it wasn't making no sense but uh I realized it's, it's a business you know we gotta we gotta paint the picture for the fans and show them who I am and get to know them a little more and you know just get my name out there and that's exactly what Rachel Charles is doing she's great at her job and it's a blessing to have her on the team. Lyle Green, he's a great, he's great too with the negotiations and the contracts. And he, he's a great guy. I love the way he handles business. Ken Shear got such a great heart. He's a great man. It's, it's a solid team. It's a solid company, and I feel very secure and safe with uh, signing with Shear Sports. You know, it seems like family. That's the vibe I get. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's exactly what it is. You know, they definitely, that's their number one concern is to, to take care of their fighters. Yeah. And the thing about it is that I discovered this on my own just by relations, um, you know, you know, getting to know Rachel and Lyle and then, you know, uh, interviewing Ronald Ellis and other fighters, Victor Morales and et cetera. It, the thing I noticed is that everyone just seems like they're on the same page. And that's mm-hmm. great because that's a company, you know, that that's a family and that's a team. And that's why I think you guys do so well and put on these great performances. And I'm going to ask you about getting going back because I'm still, you know, in awe of what you guys did on Thursday night. And I'm glad you're feeling well. Like what motivates you to fight that way? Because I, I, I've seen plenty of fights in the past and to, you know, go through that kind of war. What's that like, man? Like what, what motivates you? and What's that like? You know, um, it's hard to say when you're in it. You know, I, that was definitely my toughest fight. And um, before before going into that fight, you know, I would think, like, man, one of these days I'm going to have a war. You know, I'm going to have a tough fight, and I'm going to have to just dig deep. And in the middle of the fight, I just I thought in my head, I was like, yep, it's one of those days. This is this is the one. This is the one that's going to that's gonna test me. And um, I don't know. When you're in there, it's like, you're either going to lay down or you're going to stand up and fight for your life. And um, I'm never going to lay down. That's just in my blood. My dad taught me that we die on our feet, that we rather than living on our knees. So we, I just dug deep. But he said it best. He's like, that was nuts and guts. That's what got you through that one. You dug deep and you got it. You got the job done. You know, it was, um, it was just a warrior mentality you got to have going in. Oh, it was totally badass, dude. Like, and I saw it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I could see mannerisms and stuff, and I could tell, like, you know, but you would adapt. What I loved about that fight was, um, you know, midway through rounds, I saw you make adjustments, you know. He came out, Luis came out really strong during some rounds, and then mm-hmm. you made the adjustments, which showed that, you know, you're definitely there, and, you know, you're, you're still strong and mentally capable to make those adjustments. And I love, again, you talked about Buddy McGurk. What he does in between rounds, he keeps it real, bro. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He ain't going to tell me no lies. No, not at all. 
But it, it's good because you listen to the advice because I, the adjustments that I thought were made that was great was when you started, you know, working off that jab even more later in the fight, keeping the distance, but then again using the angles and the body attack and then dumping the right hand after a double jab or a triple jab, which, again, I keep going back to because I was very impressed with that, man. Um, conditioning has got to be tremendous. What's your workout routine like? Um, we didn't have the best camp this camp. Um, it was kind of shaky. Uh, it was kind of, it was a little tough to get sparring. So the last three weeks is when we sparred. But once we got to sparring, we, we almost sparred every day because Buddy's like, look, we only got three weeks of the fight. We're going to, we're going to get as many rounds in as we can. We sparred almost every day, six to eight rounds a day. Um, so we grinded it out. The last few weeks we really dug deep and we, we got, we got in shape and, uh, it, it was a lot of sparring this camp more than anything. Um, but when I'm not sparring, I'm running. Um, you know, it's just, it's a regular boxing routine. Running, sparring, uh, I do strength and conditioning. Um, and, and everything else in between is you gotta rest. You know, you, you push your body to the limit when you're training. You gotta make sure you get a proper rest, proper diet. Everything, everything's gotta work together, you know, everything's gotta work together so, so you're 100% going into fight night. You know, I'm sure that your phone's blowing up now more than ever. I mean, you went on ESPN, uh, during these times and made a statement, uh, and put on a great fight during any time. Like this was one of the fights of the year type of situations during any errors. Um, you know, so I wanna thank you for that because it was incredible to watch, and I knew it right away. Like, when the bell sounded, I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, we're in for some shit. So, I mean, for you, congratulations, because I think this is a breakthrough performance is what I'm trying to say. Um, where do you want to go next, man? Like, there's a lot of fighters at your weight category. Yeah, there's there's some big names. Um, you know, I, I want someone in the top ten. I don't know. I haven't seen the rankings yet for the WBC or for any of them, but um, I, I'm pretty sure this this fight should have got me ranked at least in the top 15. But um, I, I want a big name, you know. If I can't get a big name, I'm going to just stay busy and keep fighting, get whoever I can get. Um, but, you know, there's there's fights out there to be made. There's there's um, Top rank has a lot of the, the, the top prospects in my division. We got Michael Conlon. We got uh, Jesse Magdaleno, who was actually the, the main event on my night. We have um, Isaac Dogbo, um, Shakur Stevenson. If he doesn't move up, he's he's a name we would we would love to have as well. You know, there's there's a lot of big fights to be made, and I think it'd be great for the fans to see these fights. And I'm ready to make them. I know the business side. I know I do got to get ranked. I gotta you know I gotta get my stock up to make these big big money fights. And I'm gonna just stick to it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep taking whatever comes my way, and just keep building my record up, keep getting my name out there, and hopefully later this year or early next year we'll have a big we'll get a big fight with a big name. Yeah, that would be great, you know. But I don't think these guys are gonna be trying to get after you anytime soon, bro, because you feel <laughs> like a lot of nothing got the other night, man. Uh, you know, and that's that's wonderful, man. And I, I love how humble you are, bro. I gotta be honest, man. You kept it real, kept it at a hundred. Um, you gave yourself a C rating. I wouldn't give yourself a C rating, bro. Like that's the type of fight that I gotta say you're an A fighter, bro, because you could take a punch, you could deliver punches, you have jabs, you have arsenal. Um, 
angles. You have all the right tools, and, and you're still developing, man. You know? Yeah. So I think there's definitely greatness ahead for you. Can you tell uh, our listeners how they can follow you on social media? Yeah, on Instagram. Uh, I use my Instagram more than anything. You can get me at Blue Nose Lopez. That's B-L-U-N-O-S-E Lopez. Blue Nose Lopez. Uh, I use my Twitter as well. That's Adam underscore B underscore Lopez. Uh, those are the two I'm really more active on. So either one of those, you guys can follow me on there and get any, get any updates on my upcoming fights and training and buy some, some Blue Nose gear, whatever, whatever the case is. You can reach out to me, talk to me. Ask me any questions you guys got. That's what's up, man. Moving forward, uh, what what's the rest of your day like today, buddy? Um, today I'm I'm just about done. I did my cryotherapy. Um, I ice my ice my face down. Um, nothing. Just really hang out with my family. I got my brother right here. Um, nice. My mom's about to come over. Um, you know, just just relax, enjoy the day. I'm still a little bit sore. So I'm going to take some downtime um, and just maybe, you know, hang out, eat, maybe watch some movies or something, and um, just, just relax and enjoy enjoy my free time that I got right now. You do that, man. It's well-deserved because that was one hell of a fight. You're one hell of a fighter. Enjoy family time. I'll let you go, brother. I really appreciate you spending time with me here on Leave It In The Ring Network. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. That's what's up, man. Best of luck to you. We'll talk soon, brother. Okay. Thank you so much, man. Bye.